ask if you would, please, that you would uh, open your Bibles back to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. During the reading, I read Psalm 95, verses 1 through 6. Now, as you'll follow along, I'd like to read Psalm 95, all of it. O come, let us sing. Unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hill is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my way, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Our Father, I'd have no real idea of how great your burden is for the people who hear your word. No idea. Lord, I only know the amount that it impacts us. And Lord, as uh, one of your servants, I am aware of how great a, a burden, how great a heaviness it is, Lord, wanting people to receive you, wanting people to bow down to you in great, great joy and great, great victory and repentance and faith. Lord, I ask you that you'd accomplish these things. Lord, I pray, I pray for everyone that hears this message, both now and any time in the future, Lord, that you'd be honored and glorified in it and that it would be beneficial, profitable to them. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Anybody notice, uh, I read the, verse six, the first six verses this morning. Anybody notice the, the uplifting tempo, the, the joy in it, the, I don't know what you want to say, just the sheer pleasure of the idea, oh, come, let us. Oh, come, oh, come, come on in, as we said last Sunday night. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, come. 
This is before they could even go in. They went as far as they could. They went as close as they could, those that were able. Come in. Come as close as you can. Come as close as the provision, as far as the understanding of today will allow you to. Come that far. And when you get there, stand there to begin with. Sing. Stand there and sing. Make a joyful noise. Twice, praise God, for those of us who can't sing well. Make a joyful noise under the rock of our salvation. Make a joyful noise unto him with psalm. Let us come before his presence. Why? For the Lord is a great God. A great God. (laughs) A great God. Here's a great God. He's a king above all gods. He rules and reigns in the affairs of men. He sought you out. Rescued you. He ever liveth to make intercession for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's a great God. Provides everything you'll ever need every day of every moment, every day of your life. It's remarkable. Oh, It's just such a remarkable thing. And then it ends with this. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let's just fall down. What is this kneeling? What is this bowing down? See, it's reverence. Yes, it is. It is reverence. It is reverence. But I I, I would say, is, is this, if done with a humble heart, is this not reverence? Is it not? To just lift your face and your hands towards God and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Why fall down? Why fall down? What else can you do in the presence of the Almighty God? How can you stand in your strength when you stand in His presence? You just have to fall down. It's too much, amen? The glory of our God is too much. It is so great. It's so glorious. It's so wonderful. Let's just fall down together. Let's just bow here together. You know, you say, can you sing with your face to the ground? Has anybody ever sung with their face to the ground? Oh, yes, you can. Can you worship? Can you worship in a a kneeling position and a bow? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Could you have great joy and great admiration and great reverence all at the same time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Come. Look at the beginning of it. Put a big circle around this. It'll look kind of funny because it's already a big circle. Oh, come. Oh, come. 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 Verse 7 is a segue the verse begins like the verse before it and it ends like the verse after it. Notice what happens in verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Now, let me stop just for a moment. How can you harden your heart? How can you, really, how can you harden your heart? Oh, come, let us worship. 
Let us bow down. Let us first lift our mouth in praise, our hearts in joyful adoration. Let us just fall down together. Oh, by the way, don't harden your heart. Doesn't even seem to make, does it make sense to you? Does it make, let me say this. If I hadn't been in the ministry ministry for a long time, this would make no sense to me at all. But it makes a great deal of sense to me. I uh, drove to Charlotte, North Carolina on Friday and drove back yesterday. It's about a, well, it was a seven-hour trip on the way down because of traffic. And it was a six-hour trip yesterday. It's a long time. Had a lot of time. I got to listen to, I got to listen to a lot of Bobby McKinney yesterday. Amen. I got to sing. Got to sing. There's really good volume. A lot of speakers in the car that I was in. I sound really good when Bobby McKinney's really loud. Keep the windows up so the people around you don't have to hear. Amen. I do not understand. I do not understand. The more I consider it, the less I understand rejecting the grace of God. The longer I think about it, the less I understand why people would say no to this God. I don't understand it. He is our God. We are the people of his pasture. The sheep of his hand. How can you say no to this God? How can you say no? How can you say no to this God? There are people here, there, you know, there are people here this morning who are saying no to this God. Some of them, you're, you're not new creatures. You're not born again. I, I don't, know, I don't know how to, um, you know, if I stood here and cried, would it help? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it would show that, it would show how burdened I am. But I don't know that it would help. It would make you emotional, maybe. But God wants to save you. He wants to save you from you. Your greatest enemy is you. It is you a thousand times over. It is you. It is you. It is you. It is you. Say, my life is not what it should be. No, it's not, because you're running it. And you are doing a lousy job. Say, my life's not what it should be. And a long time ago, I gave things to God. (laughs) No, you didn't. Andrew Murray gave things to God. Hudson Taylor gave things to God. George Mueller gave things to God. Look at their lives. Amen? You know, there's a hymn that says, Those who trust Him wholly find Him wholly true. No one has ever, ever, ever submitted their heart and life to God and find Him to fail. Never. Never. It's not possible. It is completely impossible. What would He gain by lying to you about what He wants to do? The greatest joy that God has is in you simply bowing down and saying, please, please, whatever your will is, whatever your will is, please, I want to be involved in that. I want to be involved in that. The greatest joy God ever has in your life is when you simply say to him, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. 
I just want your will. But I don't want it in a defeatist way. I don't want it where, okay, well, I can't really fight against God, so I guess it's going to have to be in His way. No, no. I want to sing. I want to make a joyful noise. I want to live rejoicing in how great you are. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews. We're actually studying Hebrews. Say, well, then why are we in Psalm 95? Probably some of you would recognize why. But in a moment, you surely will recognize why. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Starts in verse 6. I've got to read a lot. You're going to you're gonna have to want to hear the Word of God. Those of you who don't want to leave the Word of God, this is a good time to leave. Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 6. I'll try to read well, given my limited ability to see. Let me read this. I have it over here. It's bigger. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence of the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of the confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it with not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, to whom he sware that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith and them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. 
And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as he said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, Joshua, had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. That's a lot. I read a lot. There's a lot there. But you can kind of recognize that you can't begin the thought without reading at least that far. And I would maintain that entering in, the title of the morning this message is entering in, that entering in begins here in Hebrews, and it continues on and on and on and on. In fact, last uh, Sunday evening's message, part of it contained a portion of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, if you remember. Because we can enter in. Because we can enter in. So what's being said here? What's being said here? Why this warning? You know, this is the second warning. If you remember, if you go back to chapter 2, first warning begins in chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect neglect so great salvation? And we preached for for weeks on so great salvation. You know, let me say this. the, The difficulty with the passages that are before us is... The, de- the, the, des- the, the passages before us are necessary. They're necessary. There is a great need for people to be warned against saying no or not believing what it is that God wants to accomplish. There's a, it's, it's greatly necessary that people be able to recognize their need to say yes to God and to have His will in their life. There's a great need for this. But, I, but the preacher would rather preach about so great salvation. And doesn't understand. The preacher doesn't understand why you would neglect so great salvation. Uh, I just don't understand it. And I really don't understand. Other than the, the, the root of it, which is sinful, selfish unbelief. I simply want what I want. If God will not let me have what he wants to give me on my terms, then I won't receive it. I don't understand that. Let, let me ask you this. If God gave you what you wanted from him, he he gave you what you want on your terms, what do you suppose that would do in your life? What do you suppose it would do? Do you recognize that as soon as Adam and Eve had chosen to live sinfully, God said they must be removed from where? From the garden. Why? 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 Lest they eat of the tree of Life and live forever like that. What a terrible thing God said that would be. It would be terrible to live the rest of your life like that. Yet American churches are full to the brim today where people are preaching the gospel in such a way that the hearers can have what God should be giving them the way they want it. And their lives are still 
miserable. Because you will never, ever, ever have joy until you receive what God wants you to have the way God wants to give it to you. Because your greatest need is to be rescued from you. Your greatest need is to receive what God wants to give you as he wants to give it to you. So don't harden your heart. Don't. If you hear his voice, when you hear his voice, let me give you this advice, please. When you hear his voice, fall down. Just fall down. When you hear his voice, just fall down. Just stop right there, fall down. Before you can think to put up any defenses, before you can think to say no at all, just as soon as you hear God's voice, just fall down. I'd say, please, please win, please win, God, please win, please win, please win, please win, please win in my life, please, please, don't let me die like this, don't let me live like this, please, God, win, win, win in my life right now. If you hear his voice, fall down, please win. I tell you, we looked at so great salvation, for, like I said, for weeks. And I tell you what, it's wonderful. What a great salvation we have. Man, I tell you. You know, uh, chapter 8 of Romans is one of the places that we went. Chapter 8 of Romans. Let's go back there for just a moment. Keep your ribbon here and... Well, wherever you are in Hebrews right now, we're going to come back towards this area. Go back to Rome with just a couple of books. I want you to see this again this morning. Romans chapter 8. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's start at verse 31, right? You should get up every morning and read Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> now, I want you to, you know, the next time you get the news from the doctor or the bill from wherever or the difficulty with your children, I want you to sit down. I want you to think about this. If God be for me, who can be against me? What is it that I'm going through? That's too great for the God that is for me. The, <laughs> he that spared not his own son. I tell you, Jesus did not deserve to die. Jesus did not deserve to die. He does not deserve to bear the sin of the world. Behold, from the very beginning of his ministry, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the cesspool. Which taketh away. Which taketh away. 
spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Well, you're guilty of this. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I was guilty of that. I was guilty of that. But the cesspool has been taken away. Amen? The horrible thing that was me, the old man, has been put to death in my Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, it could not have been done a better way. If I was put to death outside of Christ, I'd have to stay dead. But I was put to death in my Lord Jesus Christ. So when he was resurrected, so was I. And I live, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me. So the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me. Amen? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Boy, I tell you what, you wouldn't want to have to go to court against God. Satan says, you're terrible. And God says, they were terrible. They were terrible. But my son's blood <laughs> has made them clean. Go away. <laughs> you have nothing to say here anymore. I have declared them innocent by the blood of my son. Who is he that condemneth? Who's going to condemn us? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Amen? Wow, what an advocate. Wow, what an advocate. Amen? Whew. You know, every now and then you see that commercial of that guy that was in A Few Good Men. I don't know what kind of a, I don't know what kind of a lawyer he is. I don't know if he's really, really any good at all. You can't handle the truth. I can because Jesus Christ forgave my sins, amen? I have, you have, if you're a new creature here this morning, you have on your behalf the Lord Jesus Christ every day making intercession for you. I don't know why he would die for us. I certainly don't know why he would live for us. But he does, amen? But he does all day, every day. The one who came and shed his blood is the one who is your advocate, amen? I tell you what, he knows the power of the blood that he pleads. Amen? You cannot say anything against this one, for my blood made them clean. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of the sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved him. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. And, and run around for a little while. Amen? And run around for a little while. And then fall down. And then fall down. And say yes, yes, yes. To you, yes. To you, yes. Whatever you want, Lord. Whatever you want. You gave me your son. 
Anything you want me to have has got to be good. Anything you want me to have. You say, but God seems to hand me things sometimes that aren't good. No, that's not true. God hands you things sometimes that you don't want. And so you don't think they're good. That's like broccoli. <laughs> I like broccoli. I do like broccoli. I'd have to pick something else. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Anyway, <clears throat> don't like Brussels sprouts, but my body does. Amen? You know what I like? Milky Way. I do. I like Milky Way. <clears throat> my favorite candy bar. I don't know why. I like Snickers, but I don't like the nuts, which, praise God, they made one without the nuts. They called it Milky Way. <laughs> but you know what? My body doesn't like Milky Way. My body doesn't like it. My body doesn't know what to do with it. It says, this is not, what is this thing? <laughs> what is this thing? This, I don't even know. I'm like, your body, you know, your body is brilliant. You eat something, your body does the, basically a chemistry test on everything that comes into your body. And it says, oh, I know what this is. I can do this with this. I know what this is. I can do this with this. I can do this with this. You eat a Milky Way, it says, I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. Let's just store that. <laughs> Let's just <clears throat> make fat with that right there. Amen? <clears throat> That's our lives. That's how we are. That's how we are. We want God to give us what we want. Instead of what we need, amen? Because we don't care that we're sickly. We don't care that we're weak, that we're not serving, that we're not living to the glory of God. We just want our way. And God says, oh, but I have something so much better for you than that. Amen? So all of this in chapter 8. And then you come to chapter 9. And you need to go to chapter 9 with me. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. This is on the very heels of neither height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Why? Because my brethren are saying no to the God who loves them. Because they do not have what he wants them to have. That's why. That's why. When you say no, it is a great anguish to a holy God. It is, listen, listen. You say, yeah, I know. God made me really angry when I said no. That's not what I said. I didn't say God is really angry when you said no. I said it is a great anguish to God when you say no. Someday, if you die in your sins, someday God will judge you, but he gets no joy in judgment. None. The Bible says it is his strange work. He doesn't like it. How many of you like to spank your children? If you do, you've got a problem. You probably ought to stop. I know I've said this so many times, I know I, but I remember saying to Andrew, 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 I so much don't want to do this. And he said, neither do I, Dad, so let's not. <laughs> but we still did. Uh, you have no joy in discipline. Do you have joy in disciplining your children? You don't have any joy in it. You do it of necessity for their good, Amen. 
because you know it's wrong for them to live like that. No, no, God has something better for you than that, and I'm a steward of your life right now, and I want something so much better for you than that, so I can't let you live like that. Amen? Do you think a judge sitting, I mean, a judge sitting on his, uh, sitting at, uh, in, in on his seat, and he hears the end, and he hears the verdict, and the verdict is guilty of murder. Do you think the judge has any joy in condemning that man or that woman or that young person to jail for the rest of their life? No. you think he's going to go out and have a steak and a great dinner and a, and a glass of wine and just a wonderful time with his wife that night? No. you think you ruined his life that day as much as your own? I bet you did. No joy in it at all. No joy in it at all. God has, gr- God has great heaviness. And continuous on. Why does Paul care? Because Jesus cares. Amen? Why is Paul burdened? Because Jesus is burdened. Does Jesus not stand literally? Does he not literally stand over Jerusalem and look down at them and weep? Can you, listen, can you imagine the almighty God standing looking over the city and weeping. How often would I have gathered you all together? How often would I have brought you to myself? But you would not. You would not. I couldn't gather you because you wouldn't let me. Some of you in this room are going to die and go to hell. And you're going to die and go to hell because you wouldn't let him save you. You wouldn't let him. You wouldn't Keep from hardening your heart. You say, oh, God hates me. I'm a terrible person. You are a terrible person, but God does not hate you. He does. If he hated you, he would not have sent his son for you. If he hated you, you wouldn't be here this morning to hear the word of God clearly say to you, if God be for you, who could be against you? It is God's great desire to be for you. You do not need to perish. You do not need to live a selfish life. You do not need to do this. You do not. God will save you. He wants to do so. And his servants have great heaviness and continual sorrow waiting to see you say yes. It is God's desire. And he burdens those that love you for that same thing. If it wasn't for your need, honestly, if it wasn't for your need, I could just run around and rejoice all day long. Amen? You understand that? If it wasn't for the need of others, we could just run around and rejoice all day long. It is well with my soul. Amen? It is well with my, it is not just well, it is gloriously well with my soul. It is wonderful with my soul. I'm going to be here for a period of time, I don't know how long, but when I don't have to stay here anymore, I get to go be with Jesus. Amen? Amen. It is well with my soul. God is for me. No one can be against me. He says I have peace with him. My sins are forgiven. It couldn't be more wonderful. Amen. Amen. But then there's a heaviness in your heart for your loved ones because they need this and you know it. That's okay. 
It's okay. The Apostle Paul said, my, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow. You say, why did he say all that preface about saying the truth in Christ, the Holy Ghost bearing him witness? Because you wouldn't believe that somebody who has that much joy, the end of chapter 8, could have that much sorrow, the beginning of chapter 9. But the truth of the matter is we do. We do. And I was thinking about it earlier today. I'm just really burdened. I'm really burdened by this, obviously. And I was just thinking earlier, I really, it's so hard when you're really, really burdened and you just want to be happy. You know what I'm saying? But you don't want to be plastic. Well, we all know that, Pastor, amen? We all know the plastic minister. There's no, can't be plastic. Can't be plastic. All right, that's enough of Romans 8. That was just... You know what's funny is, I'm aware of the time. So when I say that was just extra, it was extra, but that means that the sermon will be shorter than the rest of it, okay? Almost over, in fact. And everybody said, most everybody said, praise God. <laughs> I want you to notice something. I'm gonna, I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do. Maybe we'll come back to, this is where we'll pick up next week. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 4. And I want you to circle... In your Bible, two words. It says in verse 1, let us, put circle around us, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. Put a, put a circle around us and you. Just a little bit of English here. Kids, you can pay attention. It'll help you at school. Us is what? Anybody, can anybody tell me what person us is? Is it first, second, or third person? Anybody know? Us. It's tough. You guys are really having a hard time with this. It's first person. Us is first person plural. Okay? Right? Right? I and we. Got, we go to this? I'm not wrong, am I? First person plural. So that includes, us includes the Apostle Paul and the hearers, right? Us, us. Now let's go later on in the verse. It says any of you. What is the word you? What person is that? Second person. Now in our English language, you is a tough word. If you grew up in Pittsburgh, it's yins. That would be plural. If you grew up where I grew up, if you grew up in the South, it's y'all. Although it's also y'all when it's just one person sometimes, so it's a little hard to figure out. But that's the southern way of saying it. Where I grew up in New England, it's you guys, you guys. Some places it's yous guys, okay? <laughs> but when it's just you, you're not sure whether it's you or whether it's you. Well, this is plural. This is you, plural. Second person, plural. But it's not first person, Plural. So what's the difference between us and you? Who's left out in the us and the you? Who's left out? The one who's speaking. Whoever the speaker is, right? If I say us, I include myself. If I say you, then I do what? I exclude myself. One of the great errors that preachers make is they often preach at their congregation. As if they were different than the people they're preaching to. But Preachers aren't different than the people they're preaching to. Amen? It's us. It's us. 
We, together, praise God, as the body of Christ. We, us. But he doesn't say we. He says you. Why is that? Why is that? What's going on? And here's the answer. Not everyone who says that they're part of us is part of us. Some of you are not us. Paul knew he was us. He knows he's real. He knows the Holy Ghost has changed his life. He's concerned that some of them, that's not true for them. In fact, he's not only concerned about it, he's confident that that's true. Some of you are not right. Something's wrong with some of you. Not all of you, but some of you. But us, we're going to heaven. Amen? Those of us that are in the us, we're going to heaven. Some of you are not. Amen? That's what's being said here. That would give you continual, that would give you great heaviness and continual sorrow. Amen? That's what God wants to accomplish through this message. Don't be you. Don't be you. Come be part of us. Now listen, the only good thing about us is Jesus. Amen? J-E-S-U-S. The only thing about us is Jesus. Amen? The only thing good about us is our Savior. But come be part of us because of who Jesus is.